Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome back, or welcome to the first time to the podcast that's about to change your life. This sounds like a self-help gut health podcast. I mean, it could be a gut health podcast, mm. but like as in getting into them guts. Oh, I was going to say that I, if it was for like the actual, like your stomach health, as in IBS girly, gut health is a myth and a scam. And if you have wonderful gut health, those are the same people who have like you, do you also have wonderful mental health? Like, do you mean you go through your life without just constantly dealing with tummy aches? Can't relate. Cannot relate. I think that might be a conspiracy. <laughs> big printer, big gut health. Okay. Big tummy ache. As I sit here with the heating pad on. Cramps. I'm not sure if it's cramps. I think it, it might be. I just need to take a dump. I don't know. Mm, poop cramps. Hey. They're yeah. cramps coming all still cramps. different sizes. And I did eat cheese yesterday, so. Oh, those are some gurgly cramps, too. Mm-hmm. Well, praying for you and your butthole. Thank you. As somebody who traveled for a weekend, you know, there's lots of different varying kinds of IBS. And if anyone was curious, I have the kind of IBS where I'm home and I shit 10,000 times. But if I'm the least bit anxious, stressed, nope, will not poop. And if I travel, will not poop. Except then the second I walk through my front door, I have to shit. If I have, if I'm stressed, then I have to poop. That, yeah. I get stress shits. I think it's really common. Mm -hmm. My body just is like, nope, nope, you're stressed. And then as soon as you think about it, if I think about it, I'm like, okay, I should poop. My body's like, what? No, nope. Now you're fine. Now, now you're not going to. And now you will be like hard as a rock stomach in so much pain. You can drink as much coffee, water, fiber as you want. Nothing's going to change. And then the second, second I walk through our front door, I'm like. It's like a, a a muscle that's really tight and tense. And then when you get home, you're relaxed and it just releases itself. It's like being pee shy. We're like, I can't pee in front of other people. It's like my body is like, bitch, we're not pooping anywhere except home. Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Like, people are like, oh, IBS. You have to know where all the bathrooms are when you're out and about. I'm like, unless it's like a food allergy thing, like, that's the only time. That I'm, I, I'm at risk there, but uh, I'm more at risk for of like just <laughs> never pooping. <laughs> Anyways, I'm so I'm sure you all are so happy that we went in depth into that. But this is but am I wrong? A podcast where we tell each other if we're wrong, uh, we tell you if you're wrong, and then we tell celebrities and uh, political figures, people in pop culture, if they're wrong, who will never actually listen to the podcast uh, unless they are weirdly desperate, desperately. Uh, Huge secret fans, which to be fair, maybe Madison Cawthorn is just a oh big. <laughs> it's I'm a big hoping fan. 
after December, we never hear his name again. I would love that. I would really love that. I would love like everything he is desperately trying to do to be in history books and to like become a like a name that is just a household name. I hope that he fades so far into irrelevancy that people hear Madison Cawthorn and they think it's like a uh, mortgage broker service or a real estate office. Yeah, like they think it's a paint kind. They're like, oh no, I'm more of like a Ben, like a, a, a Benjamin Williams, Sherman Williams, Benjamin Sherwin. Moore, Sherwin, 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 yeah. Sherwin. Mm-hmm. one of those. I hope that they think of that or they think Ashley Madison. And I hope that none of this works in his favor. But anyway, yeah, that's what this podcast is. We're going to share with each other things that have happened in our life recently or hot takes. And we will let the other know if we think that we are wrong. And then we will read email submissions from our listeners and uh, let them know if the situations in their life that they're asking about, if they were in the wrong, then we nominate celebrities maybe it's not madison cawthorn this week but it has been before for the rachel of the week but are they wrong and then the best part personally i think is the voting so you can head on over to our instagram and vote who you think was wrong in each situation we do ask though that you tap through them all first read them then you vote and if you do vote wrong let us know that you voted wrong and if you voted with the unpopular opinion it's always interesting to know like why anything else that we do you're probably wondering how do I send in my but am I wrong? Well, you write into but am I wrong pod at gmail.com and you keep it 300 words or less. If it's not 300 words or less, you'll get an email back saying, please change this after the second one. If it's still too long, it's not happening. So 300 words or less. If you want to include pronouns, also include fictitious names. Please don't use letters or numbers. Please use a full, not full name, a full first name. Maybe you'll get picked. Best of luck. May the odds be ever in your favor. Make sure it's, uh, it's unique, not too graphic, like something that you think would make us very uncomfortable. Please don't send those in. Yeah. If you need to put like a massive, massive trigger warning on it, please don't send that in. That's a good point to make because we're professional and professionals. But there are some things that not only are we not qualified to kind of like talk about, but also we don't have the immense amount of training to be able to like just walk away like relatively unscathed or have like coping mechanisms to deal with things like that are like Mm -hmm. supremely, supremely traumatic and or triggering. So, yeah. We like things that are juicy. We like to have a good mix of things that are serious and also a little salacious. Yeah. And like things like, come on, potato salad. Like that's a perfect example of something <laughs> that like, like it doesn't have to be life altering, life changing, like so serious changes the course of your life. Like it can be something somewhat like frivolous. Yeah. My name is Megan, by the way, because I forgot to tell you. So hi. And what is your name? <laughs> My name's Melissa Diamond Mont. Sparkle, 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 sparkle. Here's some chimes in your ear. That sounds nice. If I think about like anything relaxing too long, my eyes will just, the blinks will get longer and longer. I'm just like in pain. So I'm, I'm trying. We're just doing our best here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let us live. So we're going to get into reading the results from last week's episode. First up was me versus my arch nemesis. Actually, no, I can't give it my arch nemesis because Chris Pratt, enemy of the show. I was going to say, there's the show. many of people that come before the printer. 
So this isn't one of my inanimate objects. My inanimate object enemy of the show. Printers. Me versus printers. Who was wrong? 6% said I was wrong and 94% said I was not wrong. I will say a lot of people said I voted you were wrong and then the next day my printer crashed and I think that that was my retribution for not listening to your very accurate statements. And a lot of people would like me to clarify that I do in fact mean home printers. I cannot speak for what the fucking printers you have at your office job. I don't have any experience with those. So I can't fucking tell you at all. I was going to say, when have you ever worked in an office? You've worked at uh, TCBY. Y'all don't have a printer there? (laughs) Uh, No, no. We had a giant freezer where I got to see the liquid yogurt in these giant IV bag looking things. And it ruined it ruined it for me, which was truly actually ruined by the fact that I can't have dairy. But, yeah. <laughs> but emotionally, that part was ruined for me. The only experience I have with those like commercial printers is my um, dad used to be. I don't. It wasn't his job, but he did this thing at the social. It was the social justice center of Marin. Lots of protests, lots of things, and they had a scan fax machine printer combo and I just remember when I was bored as a child I would press my face on it and then print out the, my face cool I liked it so sure I'm not talking about those I guess okay <laughs> this makes me laugh me Melissa versus sprinkles 26% said that I was wrong and 74% said that I was not wrong And I will say most of the people that said I was wrong, if they responded, they also said they did not live in the United States. And if y'all did not listen carefully, I amended it and said this is for American U.S. sprinkles only. So born and bred United States sprinkles. (laughs) Yes. So these numbers are incorrect. And then there are a couple people that said they just like the color. It's like, okay. Get some straw strawberries. Some people on said it. they like the crunch, and but it's not even a crunch. It's like that's a, the part that I'm like, I don't know what you're having. It must be that you're keeping them on the ice cream for longer, so they're getting frozen. But like, I can't express enough the fact that like they are not crunchy unless they are waxy. then frozen. They're waxy right. and they disintegrate. Like it's like it's like they disintegrate into ashes. Like it's not good. Not. <laughs> I did feel validated in my thought process and feelings that like the sprinkles in the Netherlands are not the same and New Zealanders and uh, Australians also agreed. And they were like, yeah, yeah, no, the American ones are bad. Then we had writer number one versus the dad who volunteered her to babysit for her boss's kids. 97% said the dad is wrong. 3% said the writer is wrong. And I have an update from that writer. LOL, so I'm exposing myself, but this was me who wrote in. And first, parentheses, not that it matters. I'm a dumbass. I said my dad was 42, but he's definitely like 47, which I think is funny. I'm like, that's irrelevant. irrelevant. I love that you feel like you needed to clarify it, though. Uh, two, after I sent it in, I thought about what I said about the stay-at-home mom not watching her kids, and I can definitely see that I was wrong for that. Update, I did not watch the kids, and I think they ended up finding someone else to watch them. I got to enjoy my time off before starting work. LOL, so just thought I'd say that I understand where I was wrong. Love it. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Writer number two versus Cam's family who put the responsibility on the writer to keep Cam safe against her predator cousin who's wrong. 95% said Cam's family is wrong. 5% said the writer's wrong. Then we got part two to this one too. 
Then we've got Cam's family who put the responsibility on the writer to keep Cam safe against her predator predator cousin. Wrong for wanting to say something to Cam. 45% said yeah, and 55% said no. From the messages, it looked like it was pretty split with people who had my your instinct of what you thought the writer wanted to say to Cam and then also mine. So I feel like this is accurate of that. I don't think mm -hmm. anyone who said yes wanted the writer to be like, oh, no, let Cam give her cousin the heads up that he's going to get arrested. So we have faith in uh, our audience for that one, mm -hmm. at least some of the other ones. <laughs> but we have writer number three versus Nicole, who is mad at the writer for not hugging. <laughs> OK, I just copy and pasted uh, this. So that was my bad. I did not read it over. I was very tired. Um, hugging the Nicole's brother. <laughs> It's just Nicole's brother. I don't know why I put the the in there. If you copied and pasted, that was my fault. Well, I also, I, I want to say that I copied and pasted it, but it's also me. And I didn't even copy the V in the S. It was me. It was okay. me. I can, I'm looking at it. I, I did put read, verses. Though. I did put verses, but mm -hmm. it was me. We, we all understand what. <laughs> so then versus Nicole, who is mad at the writer for not hugging Nicole's brother. 96% said Nicole is wrong. 4% said the writer's wrong. A lot of people asked for like a write in. Like, why don't we have the brothers wrong here for these? Like, I want everyone to remember, like what the call's about, because like there are things that like, yes, obviously, like in the previous one, Cam's cousin is in the wrong. But that's not what like the question was from the call. and it's not so like black and white for like, there's sometimes someone who is completely wrong, but then we can handle situations where other person has done wrong and we could have not have handled them exactly the right way. So mm -hmm. that's why those are the only two options. All right. Now we've got writer number four versus boyfriend who doesn't like women twerking. Who is wrong? 98% said the boyfriend is wrong and 2% said the writer's wrong. I would like to say if you think that women are doing anything for men in the way that they go through life, as in like breathing, talking, dancing, anything. If you think that a woman is doing any of those things for a man to show off any body part, any way they talk, any way they look, that is misogyny. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. No. And you can personally look at something and go, that is not something that I, as like a woman, would feel comfortable doing. And that wouldn't be true to my nature for who I am. If I did that, I would be personally pandering to the male gaze. And sure, that could totally be something. It's also just like so fucking heteronormative. It's like people who are attracted to women aren't just men. So like mm -hmm. another woman, like regardless, like, first of all, fucking shake your ass through the fuck you want, like look hot for you. Like that's the, obviously the goal. But even being like, if that is all done for men, I'm like, I'm sorry, like other women find other women hot and attractive doing mm -hmm. that. So like you've got the layer of like <laughs> sexism and like, mis it, like misogyny. And then it's misogyny in the sense, too, that everything has to be about men when women are right. existing, regardless of the fact that there are women, non-binary people who are into other women. And like, it's just so fucked. Yeah, some of the fucking, that, that one specific message. They wrote back and doubled down and then deleted it. Or did you delete it? Oh, I didn't delete it. 
Okay. They double back and I forgot to screenshot it last night. And then when I woke up this morning, it was gone and I looked through the messages and they deleted it. They were saying, one, they didn't understand the culture. And I was like, well, if you don't understand, go look it up. I wasn't going to say that because I was done talking to them. But like, if you don't understand something, go look it up. And then two, they said, it's still, I see women when they do this, they're doing this for men. Like they double and triple down what they said. And then I think maybe they realized they were wrong or they thought they were about to get in a fight and then mm-hmm. they, they deleted it by this morning. Yeah. I mean, it is fine to be insecure, but being insecure needs to be a personal problem. And like you can be threatened by other women. That's totally natural. That's allowed. That's what the patriarchy has done. It has pitted us against other women to find that they are our competition and we should be insecure about women who are confident and secure in themselves and their sexuality and their body. We've been taught to perceive that as like a threat. And that is normal. And that is, again, just a part of growing up in the patriarchy, but that is a personal problem that is like not like an end all be like you have to work through that. Like you have to process Mm -hmm. that. Be insecure on your own time by yourself and not bringing other women down and then making these like broad statements about if men are being, yeah, I think it was like the second message was like, well, if I was sending this like video to my boyfriend, I would hope he would say they were unattractive. And if he said they were attractive, like I would be upset. It's like, oh my God, that is just a, that's a, that's something to work through on your own. Other women being attractive is, is not a threat to you. And if you perceive that as being a threat to you, like work through that, but then you don't just bash women because that's not going to make you feel any better about yourself because they're just going to keep being hot and confident. A couple other people were also saying things like, well, not everybody is like an ass person. So like you, they, you don't have to like it. And it's like, <laughs> you also don't have to comment it. Just don't say anything about it. And, and no one asked you to comment. Like you're mm-hmm. not being like, it's not an interview where it's like boobs or ass. Look at this video and tell me exactly what you think about these people's asses. It's like, it's the audacity of thinking that like your opinion and your what your your thoughts on someone else's body and what they do with their body was called for relevant or asked like it just wasn't like people just exist and like that has nothing to do with you right and if he didn't know why the video was being sent then he should have just asked like yeah hey why'd you send this to me Mm mm-hmm i want to see and then it would have been i wanted to show you they're dancing on your truck Okay, cool. Moving on. Yeah. See how easy that is? So easy. So easy. Also, so many people were like, he's lying. <laughs> that too. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we had my nomination for wrong of the week, which was Doja Cat and 1D stands. 97% said stands are wrong. 3% said stands are not wrong. So the people who said stands are not wrong said that like their personal fandom, which they're a part of, like is so positive and great. And again, a fandom and a standum is like not the same thing. And like Doja Cat fans, wonderful. Me, one of them. One Direction fans, wonderful, amazing. Like it's, we're talking about the specific toxicity of these stands, which is not the same thing. And if you are self-identifying being a stan, then don't like change the wording that you and your friends use and like your community uses because it is lumping you in with it's a negative kind of, it's a negative term. Like that's, you don't want to be associated with that. It's not a favorable thing. And also you were specifically talking about two specific examples. It 
didn't it was only about the Doja Cat thing and the mm-hmm. One Direction thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. about anything else. You know, some people just can't help themselves. <laughs> All right. And then my nomination was Ramona Singer for leaking Teresa Judice's wedding invitations. Ninety nine percent said Ramona was wrong and one percent said Ramona was not wrong. You use the the classic Ramona eyes pictures of her walking down the runway. This is a classic. Gets replayed a lot. I'm so glad that I did that. So because when I typed in Google images, Ramona Singer, the first thing was Ramona Singer eyes. And I was like, what's that about? And then this popped up and then it was just, oh, she's got a she's got a face with the eyes that she mm-hmm. does. And mm-hmm. I liked the bump it in this one. I loved the Project Runway reject outfit. Like, I was just vibing. This is from the second season. If you ever get a chance to watch this, just the video clip. It's her <laughs> walking down the runway at Fashion Week in New York City. And it is mm. something to behold. And yeah. this is where Ramona Eyes originated and has continued for, I think, 15 seasons now. So we're going to hop into the first segment of But Am I Wrong, where we each share things in our life or hot takes. So here's my, I feel like this is piping hot take. If you aren't vaccinated, wear a mask and have taken a PCR test within the last 24 hours, then you shouldn't be flying. And the media should stop positioning this as airlines are struggling to keep up with travel demands and call it what it fucking is, is that people that they're understaffed because people aren't wearing masks anymore. And so the workers are calling out because they're sick. So like, I think it was last Friday, Southwest posted something like like the pilots are being disgruntled saying that they're dealing with labor shortages and cancellations and fatigue and unpredictable work shifts and so the pilots were like we've been under a lot of stress for the past year and this was said by the president of the southwest airlines pilots association and he said that a lot of pilots arrive at work scheduled to fly to one destination and then they have to be reassigned to another destination and in a lot of these cases the flights are longer than what they expected and so now the pilots are working more time than they actually should be working and they're getting overworked tired and frustrated and so on a day-to-day basis they're saying that this is like wasteful use of pilots resources and they're they're just like keep saying like there's shortages and they're tired and at least 30 percent of pilots are being reassigned every day and southwest specifically has about 9,600 pilots but declined to say how many more is needed to hire to address this shortage And this also comes after Delta Airlines pilots have been venting about fatigues and extended work hours. And they published an open letter saying that customers need to need to make a direct appeal to those who may be frustrated with flight delays and cancellations. And they've been working on their days off, flying a record amount of overtime to help get to their destinations. And at the current rate, by this fall, the pilots will have flown more overtime in 2022 than the entirety of 2018 and 2019 combined, which is like the busiest years to date. And so 
Delta recently announced it's canceled like 100 daily departures from destinations in the U.S. and Latin America uh, from travel from July to August. And I think that, first of all, the pilots need to call it what it is. (laughs) And so does the media call it what it is. They can only I mean, the airlines can only book as much as they have. So if you're booking as much, if you're overbooking, that has nothing to do with the demand. People can only buy into what is available. That's mm-hmm. not the demand. What's happening is that people are booking what is the regular amount, but because there aren't enough workers there, then everything's getting short staffed. And so, like I said, call it what it is. And then also, like, I think the pilots should strike until things are the way that it should be with people wearing masks and being vaccinated and taking PCR tests before, because this is just going to get worse. Like, and then the, some man, what is it? Who is this person? (laughs) Who is the president of the aviation consulting LLC said that these are excellent jobs with a career value of $11 million. It's hard to believe we have a shortage for $11 million career, but due to short-sightedness, any solution is going to be three, four, five years away. No. Like, what's going to happen is pilots are going to get too overworked and tired, and they're working more than they should. And, I mean, luckily at this point, a lot of flights, planes, basically fly themselves but like something terrible is going to happen there's going to be a crash at some point because they're not sleeping enough Mm -hmm. yeah so if something goes wrong they can't they don't have that they don't have the reflexes to react to the problems that are happening or they're going to get so comfortable with the fact that the plane's fine and somebody might doze off Mm -hmm. This is something terrible is going to happen if they keep operating like this at this capacity. So they should they should strike. They should strike first. Well, first, they need to, like, recognize what the real problem is and stop giving allowances to the airlines and call it what it is, is that they're understaffed because people are getting sick and they need to lead by example. And I mean, when I flew the nobody like one of the flight attendants had on a mask, but none of the rest of the crew, none of the pilots had on masks, none of the flight attendants. Yeah. Well, pilots have the power in this situation. Mm -hmm. Like they do. And like striking is a like wonderful method of protest that like to, to accomplish something, but it is the success rate is so much, so much higher when you already have the existing power. And like, they do. There isn't like you can't train people to do that like immediately. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they have it's the perfect situation in mm-hmm. order to strike. Um, And. Yeah, it's just like I think I think about that so much where it's like you wouldn't want this to happen. And also because like pilots have the power here because I I, I obviously fault passengers for like not wearing masks on flights and stuff. But now when airlines aren't giving refunds for you getting COVID or getting sick, Mm -hmm. people are still going to get on the plane, even though they have COVID, because they're like, well, I don't want to lose out on this money. Right. Yeah. I'm you're not wrong at all. I'm with you on this. And like, I have the privilege to like not have to fly for things at this current moment. But 
for anybody who has the option, if you are need to get somewhere, like drive, like if you can, like I know gas prices are expensive as fuck. Without a doubt. And like, so I understand that like that is not available to everybody. Also, cars mm-hmm. aren't available to everybody. But mm-hmm. if you do have the option to do so, it might feel like somewhat of a bigger inconvenience to think about. But like we got home faster than people who I know who are flying because flights would get canceled and all of these mm-hmm. other things. There's been so many people just stranded places because they can't Oh my God, get- Cammie. Did you see Cammie's fucking thing? She was mm-hmm. like trying to get home. She was, I think she was home and then trying to get somewhere else. And it was like a span of three days where until she like, like they just couldn't get her on. They just kept canceling. And then they finally sent her to like Dallas or some shit when she was trying to get to LA. And then it was like, we'll go to Dallas and maybe Dallas can get you a flight. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the hell? Like, it's a complete mess. And it's not that people have suddenly just stopped working. Like, if if you hear people saying that stuff, like, please, like, correct in the fact that, like, yes, we talk about, like, not a labor shortage, a fair wage shortage. But, like, this isn't even that. Like, people are getting sick. Mm-hmm. People are getting sick and they are bringing it home to other people. And then other people are getting sick and they're getting the workers getting sick. Like, it's this never ending fucking cycle. So like right. the fact that you don't have to wear a mask on a plane, think about like, okay, so will this result in me not being able to catch a flight home? Like mm-hmm. I saw somebody on TikTok, their husband got sick with COVID and then they still wanted her to who had been exposed and works around children to come to work. And so she just ended up showing them her husband's test and saying, This is me. I'm I'm positive she's like I'm not gonna go and spread yeah like there's a thing like I everyone's like the government is like blah 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 the government's after us like they're not here for our protection but in this instance we're gonna like listen to everything that they're absolutely saying and Mm -hmm. I'm not like one of those like oh the government is tracking like fuck off like logic let's just like go through all this together but like Truly, like, get to the point where, like, your own, what has been told that is safe, when you recognize that the choices that you are making have been proven by infectious disease specialists that will infect other people in a respiratory thing, and then you think, hmm, I could get on a plane that does not have good ventilation, and I could sit next to people without a mask on, and the likelihood that that will, like, transfer to me, and then I will pass that on to other people, the science hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed. What has changed is the economy. And now tell me, how great is the economy going to be if all these fucking people die? And also, do you want to get sick? Like, do you want to get sick so then the fucking government can make more money to, like, give to our fucking troops? Like, that's what you have to, like, rationalize and, like, understand that sometimes things are done for the dollar of them all. And the science hasn't changed. And I don't want anyone to fucking take this as, like, a, oh, they're making vaccines for the dollar. No, no, no. The root of everything is science. Policy, the root of policy is not always based in science. Sometimes it's based in monetary gain. But pay attention to the fucking science because that is like the root cause of all of this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not wrong. Thank you. All right. Your turn. My turn. I want to give a quick little disclaimer. I went to a wedding this weekend, my best friend's wedding, and she's definitely not listening. But if you are listening, Nush, this is not about you. This was literally on my list of But Am I Wrong? One of the things I also have on here is quiet hours. And I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck I meant by that. So like I needed to go through and this is about weddings. And I just again want to say this is not about her. And if I've been to your wedding, this is not about you. This isn't like a personal attack to anybody. Even if I've never been to your wedding and you had this at your wedding. This is my personal hot take. I don't give a shit what you do at your own wedding. I don't care. I don't care. It's my opinion. It's my opinion. 
So my hot take is wedding bands are just glorified cover bands. And I don't know why in this instance, we see them as being superior and cool. You tell me you're going to a club and you find out, oh, actually, it's, it's not a DJ. Instead, we actually have a, um, a Justin Bieber cover artist. You're like, oh, hard pass. I'm not going to go. You, you, you go to a club, you think Zed is performing. Oh, no, actually, we have an Imagine Dragons cover band. And then we have a guy who's going to come on and do some Bruno Mars impersonations, a white guy in a fedora. And you're like, hard pass. I'll go somewhere else. So why the fuck for weddings is that, se- is that scene as luxury? Is that scene as like, oh, you have to have a band? Like, what do you mean you're not having a band? Like, a band is the way to go. Oh, a band. I'm sorry. I do not want to listen to a group of people doing like singing. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to listen to them sing. I don't know, like a, a, a fucking Pharrell song. I don't want them to listen, listen to them do Pharrell's happy with someone on a fucking tambourine in the back. Like, it's just so fucking weird to me because also I look at these musicians like I have tons of friends who are musicians. And I feel like I can confidently say, I don't know, no, I personally, I don't personally know a single musician whose favorite thing to do is a cover of Shout. Like, so I don't feel like I'm offending musicians with this statement. Like, I just look at them and I'm like, you are so much better than this, but this is how you pay those fucking big bills. Because for some reason, we have created this illusion that everybody would prefer to listen to that. And it completely limits the music that you can play. You can't play anything that's like somewhat EDM, somewhat remixes at all. And do you sit there ahead of time and like listen to what they like, how they sound? Because I'm sorry, if I want to have Beyonce Halo and I'm just asking some random person like, you got that right. You, you can do that. If I wanted listen, listen, like imagine I'm just asking an everyday person a to do that. Song to play at a wedding. I know it is very bad. But I'm thinking of <laughs> my next one I was going to say was Defying Gravity, which is even worse than I picked Listen because I'm just thinking of vocally challenging songs. And like we're asking these musicians to do this. And like they also like are forced to kind of come and dress up and like just watch all these people dance. And they do the same fucking songs over and over and over again. And it makes everything sound the same. Like it makes the whole trope of wedding music because you're not going to have, like, you're not going to ask your band, like, oh, hi, um, could you actually perform Closer by the Chainsmokers? Like, what do you mean? Like, it's just so fucking, fucking weird. And I think that if you, I think bands for, like, when you're walking down the aisle, when no one's singing, or maybe they are singing, but it's, like, something that's more, like, classic, like, wind instruments, the brass, like, I don't know, like, all that shit, like, Sure. If we're going for like a Bridgerton vibe, wonderful. Great. Even if you want to like for your first dance, like I could totally see that being something that's like a little bit more like romantic and it doesn't feel like, oh, we're like, I'm walking down the aisle or I'm having my first dance to the a rendition that everyone's had theirs to. Like if you do where you let your band have like a very unique kind of rendition of a song, but then I'm sorry for the rest of it. I, and then you also spend the first 10 seconds every time going, do I know this song? And you wait. And I literally find myself with my ear going, what song is that? Oh, okay. Ch- sure, sure. And you're just like, you, don't, you can't have the transitions into the music and nobody would be in a club and dancing and partying. Maybe not nobody, but I, I certainly would not. If it was an Imagine Dragons cover band, I would be like, no, thank you. I will move on to the next. 
And we see DJs as like, oh, that's cheap. Like, oh, no, a DJ is like so cheap. Sometimes things that are expensive in the word, in the words of Freckle, sometimes things that are expensive are worse. And I feel like this about wedding bands. But by all means, please pay your bands. If you're going to have a wedding band, please pay them well. Be nice to them. But I just, no, DJ every day. So... I didn't think that this was a hot take at all. I felt like this was a common thought amongst no. most people. When I've imagined my pretend wedding, I've always seen like the wedding being the classy part where you have like a string quartet, quartet or maybe just like the harpist playing, you know, maybe some songs that in the Bridgerton vibe where it's something where you recognize it, but you know, where mm -hmm. everybody's just kind of vibing. But no one really cares. And then, like, you know, the same person at the reception just, like, chilling until I get there. You know, like, mm -hmm. once me and the groom arrive, then they're, they can go eat. Mm -hmm. And that's the end. They're done. They can stick around and party if they want to. But the DJ, like, I want it to be, like, gutter at the reception. Like, I, I need yes. everyone to be having a good fucking time. And so, like, you're not going to have that when people are sitting there with, like, I've seen the most cringy yes. bands where it's, like, 10 people and they've all got, like, different parts that they sing and they're all super corny, like, so corny. And I'm like, this is annoying. At some point, I was on, like, that part of TikTok where it was, like, wedding bands. I got it off there as quick as I could. But, like, it reminds me of how in the early aughts when YouTube was coming along and then people were taking these hip hop songs and turning them into, but they take a hip hop song and turn it into a fucking coffee house rendition. And it was so annoying and cringy. And guess what? I don't want that at my wedding. I don't want it. And if you want your guests to have a good time, they don't want it either. Yeah, you need to stop saying like, I just want everyone to party. I'm not going to party if there's a man in a fedora snapping his fingers singing Bruno Mars. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why you thought that was going to happen, but like, it's it's just not the vibe. Stop. Yeah. And, and Bruno isn't even on that same look anymore. So let's move. Let's move on. Truly. And people always talk about like, it's so hard to find a good wedding band. I'm like, do you think maybe that's because there are cover they are cover bands and these are actual musicians and bands? who have their own specialties, who either make their own music or are hired in other bands. But like, this is nobody's number one favorite gig to do. Maybe they enjoy no. watching people get married, but like musician-wise, I cannot fucking imagine that this is the most fulfilling job of like what you do. Maybe the fact that it was hard to find like good ones and you talk, maybe just don't have it. Maybe that's the fact that like, you know what? Here's the thing. We need pilots to go on strike and I need wedding bands to go on strike. Like I would so much rather have like, an original band who would come and like be like a really cool band who like mm -hmm. plays their own music originals. Yeah, like five songs and then leave. I would love that. And then we get the DJ come. If you want to do like a specialty band who like then does like Motown or does like a band that is like no longer with us or something that is like jazzy. I don't know, like, you know, the things that are like more old school. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like for sure. I think that's great. And then having it like be like an existing band who like that's their thing. That's their bread and butter. That's what they do. Or hire a band who you like the style of their music. And like you don't have to fucking like, I don't know, you don't have to hire a real, you don't have to hire Little Mix. I mean, that would be a dream. But like 
you could hire like an existing band who's like a local band who does, I don't know, like if you're into folk music, you're into country music, who does something that like fits that. But otherwise, like if you're like thinking about that being like, well, that doesn't like, it's not the same thing. People don't know those songs. People aren't going to have the same reaction to a cover song as they are to like anything else. And it also is just like another second MC at your wedding who like doesn't know who you are. And it's just so weird. It's just not the vibe. And if I, if Mats and I have like a wedding wedding, it's going to be like Love Island. Like it will be a DJ. It will be remixes. Like that is the most fun part. And I just mm-hmm. think that this, it's this weird, like elitist thing that has come out that is like, oh no, because like songs are too mainstream. Everybody has access to those. Like you have to make yourself different and show, like, and be so rich because bands are so fucking expensive. And like, it's just made this as like a, oh, this is a, yet another thing that we have to make in the wedding industry unattainable to other people. So therefore, because it's expensive, it's better. And it's not. No. But I can't, no, it's like a actually supremely unpopular opinion. We've only been to one wedding that didn't have a band. I wonder if this is a cultural thing as well, because I feel like, you know, like if I'm going to a black wedding, there's going to be a lot of hip hop and people aren't going to be hiring people to do covers of hip hop. What I will say, um, sadly, that does it. Uh, it does happen. And uh, it will be I've been to a couple weddings. But this is like a white wedding, though, right? Everyone in the wedding is attendance is white. And then the entire band is not white. And then Mm -hmm. they are asked to perform hip hop in a band manner. And I just feel like I can see that, like, behind their eyes. Like, it's just, it's, and we make fun of wedding music. And then we do the same thing, you know? Like, that is my hot take. You don't have to spend a lot of money on a wedding for it to be so fun. And don't get caught up in what other people say is like wonderful and great because I do think that a lot of people initially would be of course I would rather have like a DJ than a band like of course I don't want a cover band but I think it just happens when you're in like that world that it becomes like oh no that's what you do like that's like this grand thing and we end up doing things that cost money that you don't even like as much hate it all right let's take a break Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, 
in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and 
and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from our break. That was not a question. We're back from our break. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, we've changed the format a little bit for the show because they've been running for an hour and a half and we, that's just a lot. That's a long ass show. So now we're going to do each just do one, but are they wrongs? Lean y'all right in. And then, then hopefully the show will be a little bit more even. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Megan and Melissa. First off, I wanted to say that I absolutely love the pods. I discovered you guys during the pandemic and I can't wait for Monday and Thursday. Me, 27, she, her, and my boyfriend, 27, he, him, saw one of our best friend and girlfriend, 27, he, him, and 28, she, her, last weekend. Both of us have five-month-old babies and went for a brunch to catch up. During the brunch, the girlfriend explained to us that they are struggling a bit since the baby was very demanding. She explained that their baby would only take two short naps a day and would wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and that she had no time for herself. On our side, we have a very calm baby that naps multiple times a day, which is a lot easier on our hands. However, my boyfriend has a very demanding job, so I can relate to having less time for myself. Here's where I'd like some insight. During our lunch, I asked the girlfriend if they were planning on one day having another child since I know that before becoming parents, they were talking about having multiple children. As soon as I asked it, I immediately regretted it since they told us that their 
child was very demanding. They'd be okay being a family of one child, which is totally okay, or waiting a couple years before having another one. I personally feel horrible for asking since I know women have a lot of pressure on having kids and really didn't want to come off that way. I'm not planning on asking this question ever again, but please let me know if you think I was wrong. I think in this situation, why would you bring that up? Like this feels like an odd way to bring up if you're having more kids, if they're already saying that this is a lot on them right now and it's only been five months. Like I would, I don't think that this should have been on the table for a conversation anyway. So in this situation, I think, I do think it's wrong. I think it's wrong to ask people in general, like when you're going to have more kids. I think the question, if you're have, if this is just a conversation that's between you and your good friends, and I'd just be like, do you want to have kids? Like, is that something that's on the table? And that's more casual and not like right now where they're in the thick of it and they've got a five month old that's very, that's a lot on them right now. So I do think in this specific situation that you were wrong. Yeah, I, I agree. I also wonder, you did mention that you have like a pretty opposite experience with your baby but then you did compare it to like not having a lot of time yourself because like your husband works a lot and has a very demanding job I will say that that is not I don't have any kids so it is kind of like a rich place for me to come from to say like that's not really a great like comparison but not having a lot of time for yourself and having like a baby who's like relatively calm there is a it's kind of more of like a slow burn of not having time for yourself, but that's like a really fucking hard thing. But when there is a baby that is not sleeping and you're not sleeping, that can lead to psychosis. It can lead to like lots of other things that it's kind of more, that's like walking into a burning building versus like some, you're in a hot tub that's like too hot and you're starting to overheat. Like one of those things is a, has, is a little more rapid and a little more like daunting. I also wonder if you like brought that up to her when she was saying that she was having such a hard time because I think then if it was like, oh, how's it going? And it's like, oh, it's like going really hard. Like all of these things, blah, blah, blah. What about you? And it's like, you know, it's actually been like really easy. Are you thinking of having more kids? That I think. It seems like a slap in the face. Yeah, because it feels like it's, you didn't listen and it's not validating like how hard that must be. And I understand that like sometimes we say things like, oh shit, in the moment, like I fuck, I should not have said that. And I also think that there's something like really powerful and great and something that I do because I have impulse control issues that like, Sometimes I will say something and then I'll be like, oh, my God, that was a, a, fucking ignore me. Like I've asked people who like work in the industry, like someone who like was like modeling and acting. I was like, oh, like, have you like what do you prefer more to do, like film or TV? And then I go, I'm sorry, ignore I fucking said that question. Like you prefer whatever fucking job you have. I hate when people mm -hmm. ask me that. I don't know why I did that. And so I think there's something really great in the moment for like recognizing like I don't know why I fucking said that. That was so stupid. Don't even answer that. Like, don't feel like that, because I think like in this instance, you are you are wrong. And I think you'd be even more wrong if you didn't reach out to your friend and apologize for asking that. I don't think this is like a, oh, this was rude because you asked a woman, you pressured a woman to when she was having kids. I think it was more rude because it was, you didn't validate or hear how hard this was for someone. And then it was kind of like, a, well, you should have, you're gonna have another one. It's not really that hard. Okay. So now for mine... I used to have a podcast with my best friend who I was also a nanny for. We did episodes on mental health because I'm a therapist. I have suffered severe OCD from the age of six years old and was speaking about this to her when we sat down to record. I was explaining how disabling OCD can be to her 
when I shared an intrusive thought that I had as a teenager, which I asked her to edit out. This intrusive thought was a fear that I might be attracted to a child. This caused me immense distress as a teen, leading me to avoid children and decide that I don't want kids, despite wanting them badly. And literally wanting to end my life because I felt so disgusted by my own brain. OCD and intrusive thoughts are ego dystonic, meaning they do not align with the person's morals, values, desires, and are incredibly distressing to the person experiencing them. A few weeks later, she fired me, cut me out entirely with no explanation. I was confused and grieving the sudden loss of my friendship and podcast. I posted a vague brief story on Insta noting the end of the pod so that people would stop DMing me. She texted me that evening, admitted that she fired me because she felt uncomfortable around me and worried that I would molest her kids. She then said that if I continued to speak about it on the podcast publicly, she'd be forced to share my quote-unquote confession with her 60,000 followers. Blackmail. I feel violated and I'm terrified that she's going to try and ruin my career with this information. Am I wrong for being hurt that she fired me for reasons that are essentially blackmailing me? Is she wrong for doing so? Help. You're not wrong. She's so wrong. This is like, ugh. Anyone before you fucking comment on this or have any sort of like whatever, but like, please just like understand and like research what intrusive thoughts are. Because like, this is the casual nature of like what we refer to as intrusive thoughts belittles this, which is like a true real intrusive thought. And like, it makes it be something like, oh my God, I'm so quirky. Like this is something I, and it's like, no, no, no. Real intrusive thoughts are like things that are like disabling and crippling and like actually change the course like of your life. And it can be anything from things that are ranging from like uh, violent acts. It can be ranging from like sexual acts. It can be self-harming acts. It can be harming other people. It can be disrupting like your career. It can be all of those things. And intrusive thoughts can also be on a scale as something as small. Like one of the intrusive thoughts that I have is like if I'm holding a pen or a Sharpie, like that I'm going to draw all over the wall. And I have to be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's an intrusive thought. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to put the pen away and I'm going to like, move on. And I'm going to like distract myself from that. And that's like not, it's a very innocent kind of one. And then there are ones that are like much more harmful. And this brand, I don't want to say brand, this, this kind of OCD and intrusive thought is one of like the most misunderstood and the least amount of access and help. And I think like, I'm so glad that you are a therapist and you like understand this, but like, this is something that like, I'm not going to say the influencer who talked about this because they received a ton of hate on this. And like, this is something that I don't think anyone should be targeted for because people don't understand it. But they shared after a therapy session of getting a psychologist session about getting diagnosed with OCD and they had similar intrusive thoughts and about how hard that was for them and like how horrific and terrible and how this is something that like they've had anxiety about for so long. And they got so much flack for it because people just don't understand. But the literal exact definition of like, it's not something that you want to do. It's not something that you enjoy doing. It is not any of that. And if we keep treating people with OCD and intrusive thoughts who have this specific kind of intrusive thought as the same thing as pedophiles, that also gives a mentally, quote unquote, pleading insanity deals. And you are then lumping those people in together. And that is doing so much more harm and you're not actually protecting anyone. You're not protecting your kids at all. And pedophiles aren't people with intrusive thoughts about wanting to, you know, have thoughts towards, that's not what that is. That is like a very different thing. And when we compare them to be the same thing, um, we stigmatize this further and then people continue to not get help. And it's not that those people then turn around and hurt kids. Those people turn around and hurt themselves. Yeah. Like I understand her initial shock of it all what I don't understand is how she's weaponizing your mental illness 
So like hearing that, that's a lot to hear for somebody the first time that they're hearing something like this and they don't understand it. But as someone, if you have a mental health podcast and it's on you to go take that information and research it and learn more about it and not react the way that you do, you take the information and you're like, okay, I understand this. Maybe she could have come to you and said, hey, I need like a little break for a minute. I just need time to process this. Um, This is a lot for me to take in. Um, You know, I have kids and it's just it's very shocking to me. I mean, this is something for me, I just learned about that this was something yeah. that some people had, a, a, I want to say like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And when I heard about it, it was like, it was brought up like in, it was someone that is a mental health professional and they brought it up in such a casual way that it just threw me for a loop. And so when I heard it, I was like, what? Like, this is something that people have thoughts on. And then, so then I, I, I took pause for myself Mm -hmm. and I looked it up. And so when I looked it up and I was like, okay, I can understand that because like I, if I'm like on a high ledge or something, I have like such the urge to jump off. of. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I'm able to control myself in a way that I won't do it. And so like someone who has this mental illness, they might like, that's something that they're afraid they're going to do. But they're mm-hmm. not actually going to do it. No, because it's they of all people want to do it the absolute least. And mm-hmm. it's like there's like I've like trigger warning here. I've had suicidal ideation before, but I also have like impulse. Like I, I, I have intrusive thoughts. Like I want to drive off of a bridge. Those two things are not the same feeling. They're not. Right. They're like completely not at all. One is this is something I want to do. And this other thing is, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. I can't mm-hmm. let myself do this. Like, I don't want to do this. How can. And then your brain gets stuck on this track and this loop of the thought is not, I want to do this. The thought is, I don't want to do this. And I'm afraid that because I'm thinking I don't want to do this, I am then going to do this. What if I do it? What if I do it when I'm sleeping? What if I suddenly pass out and do it? Like you, it's all of these things. It's, it becomes these obsessive thoughts. Mm -hmm. And the difference between like OCD and uh, anxiety, for an example, is like the OCD has, I don't want to, I have to do this thing OCD is there's a consequence at the end of this. Anxiety is just like, oh, I have this like anxious fear about, I have this anxious fear about something like this, but it doesn't mean that, I don't know, let's say you, if you, if you have like contamination OCD and you have to like, if I don't wash my hands like this many times, like I will have E. coli, I'm going to ingest it and I'm going to die. And these stakes are so high. And I don't think that people have a good enough understanding of what OCD is. Cause then when we have these conversations and like, People see this like, yes, it is such a shocking thing to hear about because it gets lumped in with pedophilia. It doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't become a conversation because it gets lumped in with that. And I think that writer as a mental health professional, like you as a therapist, your friend who is having a podcast centered around mental health with you, you are the perfect person for her to like to deliver this this new information to her about this. And then, yes, you can be like, wow, I've never heard of this before. Like, do you have any references of books I could read about this or things I could like so I can understand more? But like the idea that it's more distressing to you than it is to that the person who's going through it, who has a degree in this, who like has studied this and that you then would know more. Like there are things like you can be afraid of new information. That's totally fine. But like you don't get to weaponize that new information without actually understanding and learning it especially when it's coming from someone who has personally experienced it and also has a degree in it. Like, it's just, 
again, like I understand as we stigmatize this so much that it's there's a shock value and it's like really scary and disturbing. But I just hope for anybody else, like for you to hear that, think of how fucking disturbing and terrifying that must be for someone who experiences that. Mm -hmm. And then her taking it and saying that I'll release this if you keep pressuring me like this is this is just wrong. Like, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but like this is just someone that you don't want to be in business with anyway, but they're, they're just flat out wrong and you're not wrong in this situation. No. And they're not someone who should be having a platform discussing mental health when they are brought with new information about things that they don't know. And instead of learning it and understanding it and recognizing that mental health issues are incredibly traumatizing and difficult for the people going through them, she's instead weaponized it against mm -hmm. a mental health professional. Like that's not someone who has anyone's best interest at heart, even her kids. That's the other thing that I think about this shit. I'm like, your kid might grow up with this. And then are you going to tell right. your kid they're a pedophile? Like mm -hmm. that's the same thing I felt about the person who called out this influencer who opened up about their intrusive thoughts. And that person who called them out has kids. And I'm like, and that was their reasoning for doing that. And I'm like, what if your kids have this? This isn't a choice at all. And like, I don't know. I think maybe maybe it's something like because OCD people think of like, oh, I have to do this thing or something bad will happen. They think of intrusive thoughts with someone with this specific kind of OCD are then things that have to be fulfilled and like carried out. But like that's like truly not the case at all. I think the best way to explain it is something if you're on a ledge or you're on a bridge and like that's a pretty common intrusive thought of like jumping off something or driving off a bridge that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. that's the same thing. You don't want to do it. Yeah, my heart goes out to you. I, this is something that like I've, I've learned a lot about this because of that instance that I, the influencer that I saw who got like reamed, like torn to pieces over this. And it's something that I, I personally have dealt with intrusive thoughts like for my whole life. So like I was in a position to be more under, like to understand it more. Yeah, I'm just so sorry because this is like absolutely, like you said, it's just wrong. Like it's like, it's mm -hmm. incorrect and it's, harmful like simultaneously and to everybody but also specifically to like you so you're not wrong all right so now we're gonna get into but are they wrong aka rachel of the week and this is where we pick someone maybe famous or just something that we've seen happening in life and we decide if that person we nominate the person and we decide if they're wrong and we also call it rachel of the week so this week I have chosen Herschel Walker. And so Herschel Walker is a, a man that is a conservative and he is running for Senate in Georgia. And he likes to go around saying that fatherless home is a major, major problem. But it came out and you might know him as the father of Christian Walker, who is TikTok infamous. So this past week, it was revealed that he has a 10-year-old son that he fathered. And then also, he has a 13-year-old son and a 20-year-old daughter. Oh, my God. And so all this time, he's been only saying that Christian is his son. And if you have children out of wedlock, okay. If you're providing for them financially, okay. Who cares? But it's the hypocrisy for me. Like... <laughs> He, in 2013, he had a petition, like, to prove that his paternity wasn't true for this person, like, and pay, like, financial support for the first child. 
And then um, the unnamed mother of this child, they had a relationship from 20, from 2008 to 2011. And then they separated and the child was born. And it's like they had a relationship for that long. And this man wasn't going to claim this child. Also, like Herschel played in NFL for a while, too. And um, his campaign manager has come out and said that Herschel has supported the child and continues to do so. And he's proud of all his children. And it's like, no, you're not. Because why, when you're out here yelling at people about not being a father to your to children, then why, why are we just now learning about these kids? Everybody knows who Christian is. <laughs> sadly. Yeah, sadly. And Christian, on, <laughs> on Father's Day. Oh, my God. I forgot about this until right Christian now. Christian is, like, truly, like, I don't know who wrote the character of Christian Walker, uh-huh. but, like, they need to be on hacks. Like, it is, like, truly, like, th- this is not, like, I just can't fathom how he's a real person. A real person. On Father's Day, he tweeted, raise your damn kids 2022. This is from Christian. And he's also, like, gone on rants and said, Fathers, it would be great if you stayed home and raised your kids instead of running off to bang a bunch of women who weren't your baby mama. Stay home and raise your freaking kids. Your kids need a father. Go back home. The call is coming from inside the house. Right. And also, he, like, Herschel Walker tries to talk about his great Christian values and why he should be senator. But you know who's he's running against? Revan Warnock. <laughs> I just feel like at that point, let's regroup as a team yeah. and change our branding. And <laughs> that, that's, that's the cognitive dissonance is like, just like, that's so embarrassing. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so go have several seats. Herschel. Maybe resign from your campaign because you're done. I mean, well, I say you're done, but the base that you're feeding to, they might like it. But I still stand by. I'll I'll have my Revan Warnock sweatshirt that I had from the last election. I'll still be wearing that proudly. Yeah, that's why I didn't even connect the dots that they were related, nor did Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) That is so embarrassing. Like, like three other kids. Those kids are like, hi. Yeah. First of all, wonderful. If he was, if that was the father in question to be in the home, I'm like, no, I thank you so much. These kids are. And seeing how Christian turned out. <laughs> I think if we did a side by side of the other kids who I think if I was there, if I was the other baby mamas right now, I would be like fatherless homes for the fucking win. Like, yeah. thank fucking God. Yeah. Oh, it is the people who are constantly preaching for that nuclear family. And it is it. There's always something bad happening there. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Uh, wow. So for my Rachel of the Week, I would like to nominate the Sydney Morning Herald. So they had an article that they published. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Rebel Wilson seemingly came out with her girlfriend, partner. And it was a very sweet post of, you know, I was looking for my prince. Turns out what I needed was a princess. And it was like, oh my gosh, like it was just 
so beautiful, so sweet. And that's kind of like what the story just seemed like, that she came out in during Pride Month in a public way that wasn't an interview. It was just something that kind of felt like, oh, this is on Instagram. Either you saw it or you didn't. Mm -hmm. And it ended up trending because people were like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Like, I didn't know. Like, is this a coming out? Like, wow. And it was being really widely celebrated. And then the Sydney Morning Herald had an article that came out about like a day or so later about her and her girlfriend coming out. So the writer of this article... Andrew Hornery is also a gay man, and he mentions that in his follow-up article. But he wrote an article detailing, like, oh, they're together. They, this is her girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. But in the article, with a note, essentially being like, I knew this before she said this. I actually figured this out, and I reached out to her. I gave her two days to comment on it, and she didn't respond and instead posted this Instagram so we know that she saw my message like rebel wilson didn't come out and say like similar to how like celebrity when celebrity nudes leak when they're like hey someone is threatening to leak my nudes so i'm gonna leak my own nudes like or this organization is mm -hmm. rebel wilson didn't name names didn't throw anyone didn't say anything which i think every right to do like fucking do it like yes fucking say like whatever you want to do you if you don't want to call someone out you don't have to but like i think you have absolutely every right to to like name drop that this was you were being threatened with this so Sydney Moore and Harold, just, no one, no one accused them of threatening, but they said, by the way, we did blackmail her into into Why doing would you this. Admit that because you wanted the fucking ego of saying that you knew ahead of time. But then in the follow up article was like, well, I didn't think it was like a a secret, and it was like, but you told her like you're literally treating this as a coming out, but then you're saying that you didn't know it was a secret, though you gave her two days to respond. Otherwise, you're going to do what? And so they pulled the, they revised the article. So they took out the quote about, like, you know, saying that they had asked if her, for her to comment on this relationship. And if she didn't, she had two, she had two days to comment on it. And if she didn't, they were going to publish the article anyway. And then he made a follow-up article saying, I mis made mistakes over Rebel Wilson and I will learn from them. And it is the most ridiculous thing. He basically equates it to being like, when I started hearing from friends and associates that Rebel had, was in a new relationship, as a gossip columnist, I could see that it was potentially a story, as her previous boyfriends had been. So after months of posts together with uh, this woman, I assumed there's a good chance she might be happy to discuss it. She'd already revealed a month ago that she had been dating, was very happy, but I mishandled this. And he said in the email, while I realize Rebel's partner has not been mentioned yet, I have several sources who have confirmed their status, and I have enough detail to publish. However, in the interest of transparency and fairness, before publishing, I'm reaching out to Rebel to see if she will engage in what I believe is a happy and unexpected news story for her, especially given the recent Pride celebrations. My deadline is Friday, 1 p.m. Sydney time. He not just like doubled down on it, but tripled down on it and tries to still seem like that he's doing he's in the right for this. Yep. Because it's just in the interest of people and she's a public figure. I have my own reasons for not being a fan of Rebel Wilson, but like... Oh, I thought you were going to say the Sydney Morning Herald. And I was like, no, more no. tea on this small no, fucking... No, no, no. I have my... But small. like, this is, this is still like... I mean, she came after... The queen. Yeah, she came after literal Queen Latifah. Yeah. And I don't know if you know anything about Melissa and I, but like, you don't fuck with Queen Latifah mm -mm. in this house. You don't... Also, no. you especially do not fuck with Queen Latifah's rich 
rich history of uh-huh. film, like her fantastic filmography. Like, right. you don't fuck with that. You don't do this to people. Like, what is this? The fucking 90s where you're trying to just out people in a tabloid? Why would you do this? Yep. 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 No, it's just, it's so bad. And then he even like, that. yeah, like like you're saying, he triples down on it. So like, he's giving this like not real apology where he's saying like, I'm not trying, wasn't trying to out at all, but then says, celebrities have a huge influence in our culture. We still have to ask questions, sometimes very difficult ones. It would be much worse to write gossip items about the unscripted events in their lives without them having a chance to have their say. But I needed to make it clear that a deadline wasn't an ultimatum. No, because it is unscripted because the person hasn't said anything. Also, like, what do you mean unscripted? This isn't a reality show. Like, no, like, fuck off with this kind of terminology. Like, you can speculate about something, sure. But also, like, again, whatever happened to talking about people behind their backs? Like, (laughs) if you're going to, like, first of all, don't speculate on sexuality. Like, let them live their life. But if you're going to do it, talk behind their fucking back. Like, don't publish it. Don't say it publicly. Don't go, like, no, just no, no. There is, like, also a huge difference between speculating when it's someone who has called that into question, like, oh, look for Easter, like do these kinds of things, like blah, blah, blah. When you start not being like, wow, how cool would it be if these two people had been dating in the past, but you start to then like meddle into someone's like current personal lives and like their actual choices and what things that are lying and things that you feel you are owed information for. No, no, you can be a fan of someone. I don't want to like comment on the nature of, same-sex gay lesbian shipping of like celebrities and like TV shows and like movies and that stuff. Like that is like not my place as like a cishet woman. But like, I think that yes, there's something natural about being a part of a fandom. And when you are of an underrepresented like community in like the industry, like finding things that you can relate to in a way that aren't so heteronormative, I don't think that there is harm in that until there is. Mm -hmm. And like, this is an instance where like, this is a very like real person in a very real relationship that you literally have confirmation from people in their circle that they're dating, like like that, that this is the woman that they're dating. And that becomes a threat. It no longer becomes like, ooh, how fun would it be if this person who like I love was also a part of the community that I'm a part of? Like, I would like love that. That is not like a direct threat. And that is something that you talk about in private with your friends. That's something you talk about publicly. I think it pulls into question, maybe I'm totally off basis, but I think it also pulls into question people who are out and gay as speculating that they're instead straight. Like, I think that's an incredibly harmful narrative and everything has like the reverse of it. So if we make it very okay to do that, I, yeah, I just think it's fucked. So fuck this person. And I'm very happy that Rebel Wilson is happy. And I, it sucks that they, this was the way that, um, they were forced to come out with that. Yeah it turning into i mean it's still salacious gossip but at least she was able to get ahead of it and control the narrative early and i'm so fucking glad that this is like out this information is out now because i Mm -hmm. like she didn't even have to like she didn't even have to like i wouldn't think it's petty but some people might if she had name dropped like what had actually happened he did it himself and shitty people will always make sure that it like it they get what's coming to them like that intention that ego and that shit like it's insatiable. Anyways, that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoyed. If you want to write in, send us an email for the But Are You Wrong segment. Everything Melissa said at the start, those are all the requirements. And head on over to our Instagram to vote for the next 
uh, or for this episode for who you thought was wrong in every situation. I will say last week's, yes, that was delayed, but usually we have them up by Friday. Again, I was at a wedding, so it did go up later. But in general, these episodes come out Thursday. We try to have the votes up Friday, but definitely before Monday, except for last week. So anything else? That's it. Go leave a review on the podcast app or on Spotify. But if you leave it on the podcast app, then we can read it and enjoy it and like love it. We just love to see a nice compliment because who doesn't? We also love getting input from all of you for what segments, what you want us to do on these segments. So if you see something on TikTok for but are they wrong, Rachel of the week or any hot takes, maybe you've heard us talk about it like in passing, but want to hear a more elaborate thing or anything, feel free to slide into our DMs or tag us anywhere. We have a review from Sugar567294. This podcast is why I love Thursdays. Five stars. I look forward to listening to this podcast every Thursday, and I wish I could hear it every day. I will never get sick of listening to Megan and Melissa. Great. Thanks. Well, that is it. We'll circle back. Circle back. Goodbye. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.